Hello and welcome to this edition of SSI Live. My name is John Denny and I'm a research professor of National Security Studies here at the Strategic Studies Institute, or the SSI, at the U.S. Army War College. It's Tuesday, June 13th, and today I'm joined by Colonel Mitch Mitchell, a resident student here at the Army War College. Mitch and a small group of his peers have just completed a major research study here at the War College under the direction of my SSI colleague, Dr. Tony Echeverria, on whether the U.S. Army is prepared for a great power war. Specifically, the research team has spent the last nine months examining issues surrounding the expansibility of the U.S. Army in the event of a great power war involving the United States. Now, listeners will know this is the latest in a series we're doing, a podcast on the interdisciplinary student-faculty research team led by Dr. Echeverria. Mitch's part of this project focused specifically on the organization and materiel-related challenges of expanding the Army for a great power war. And so I've asked him to join us today to talk about that. Mitch, welcome. John, it's good to be here. Mitch, let me first ask you to describe for us a a little bit about these two topics, organization materiel, and how they fit into the broader study. Okay, great. Uh, The cornerstone is the organization, because that talks about uh, what the new structure will look like. So for a great power war, if we double from an army of approximately 1 million to 2 million, what would the new structure be? And then uh, that's that's the cornerstone. And and, uh, the other chapters of my peers uh, who also conducted research uh, in personnel, training, facilities, intelligence, special operations, sustainment, uh, that's the information they need to go forward with their study as well. And then beyond that, uh, because of my background, uh, I focused on material, which is the equipment, how we are going to get the uh, equipment built, purchased, and fielded to the Army as we expand. Okay, so critical parts of the broader study. First, the organization, which, as you described, sort of sets the stage for all of the other pieces, and then the this equipment angle. Let me ask you to take a dive into the analysis and your findings for us. Let's take these one by one, though. What did you find with regard to organization? What are the key roadblocks or hurdles that you see the Army might encounter, or DOD might encounter, if it needs to expand in this way for a great power war? Okay, if the Army needs to expand quickly, there needs to be a decision about the organization up front. For my study, we took, we took a look at doubling all units in the Army with a couple of exceptions. One exception is SHORAD, which is Short Range Area Defense. Because of the lack of that capability in the, in the Army right now, when we uh, went to modularity, in 2004 time frame, we accepted risk on SHORAD, so we are going to quadruple it from 9 to 36 battalions, which would be one per division. And, and besides that, most of the other units in the Army, we will simply double along the line. Now, depending on who, on the threat that we face, whether it's in Europe or Asia, we may make decisions as we move further to the right. Uh, of whether we need more armor brigades, more combat aviation brigades, or something like that. But that will be a branch plan after the initial plan to simply double across the board. Okay, so some of this will be context or theater dependent. Let me ask you to turn now to the material side of this. What were the major challenges or roadblocks you foresaw in terms of the Army meeting the material challenges associated with such an expansion? 
similar to organization, once that plan is known, then the material plan, the earlier we make decisions on what type of equipment that we need, the better, and we can start planning off of that. We need to have the right policies, identify the raw materials, and make coordination with industry in order to uh, meet the goal of producing the equipment uh, to double the size of the Army. Most uh, Many things such as tanks, Bradleys, we will be able to double our quantity of those platforms in a short period of time. Others, like combat aviation and ballistic air defense, due to the length of time to produce the components, which are part of the, the greater system, it will take a, a lot longer uh, to accomplish this, using the vendors that we have right now. So for the Patriot air defense system, for example, we would likely get more industry vendors involved. So you will, you would have two or three systems that are like Patriot with the same or similar capabilities, but a little bit different produced by different companies in order to gain speed uh, based upon using more f- available facilities and uh, more manpower and more training. Mitch, now that you've outlined for us the challenges in terms of expanding both organizationally and from material uh, from a material perspective, let me ask you what recommendations your portion of the study uncovered in terms of ways the Army might go about overcoming these hurdles. Well, John, let me start with organization. A base plan, as I mentioned earlier, is the critical start point. Uh, whether the Army makes a decision similar to mine, uh, to double the size of the Army in order to fight a, against a military peer or another plan uh, to grow the Army by a proportional size. The critical part is to have approval for the organizational plan. Now, on material, based upon the organizational plan, we need to analyze uh, before, well before fighting starts, the sooner the better, uh, the raw materials that we would need, the steel, aluminum, copper, tungsten, and the right quantity so that we can set those aside, mine them, purchase them uh, here in America or from our allies, and the other rare earth materials that, that we would need uh, potentially to get from an adversary. We would have to have a plan on how, to industry, on how industry would need to get their hands on that material so that we can have that for the building of the equipment that we need. Then we need to uh, fully utilize all of the Army depots and our industry partners. Places where we make brigade combat team type systems in York, Pennsylvania or aviation locations in Mesa, Arizona, we would need to identify the additional space that we need and the additional manpower that we need so that we can start construction start hiring and training for the personnel to begin building uh, all the additional equipment. And we need to have plans identified with sub-vendors. How many engines and tires and rifles and uh, pieces of communication equipment would we need in order to install into these platforms so that once the decision is made to expand the Army and once money starts flowing then the initial planning will be over with and we would not have to go through that. We could start building as soon as we can in order to produce the equipment uh, required 
uh, for the units of the expanding army. Colonel Mitch Mitchell, one of the research and writing team members of the forthcoming War College study on Great Power War. Mitch, thanks for joining us today. John, thank you very much. Listeners, if you'd like to read the study in Great Power War, keep your eyes on the SSI website. That's ssi.armywarcollege.edu, where it'll be published this month and available to download for free. You can now find SSI Live on TuneIn Radio and on popular podcast directories like Stitcher and at the iTunes Store. If you have any comments on our podcast, thoughts on what you'd like to see addressed, or a response to something you heard here at SSI Live, please go to our website. Again, that's SSI. ArmyWarCollege.edu. Find me, John Denny, in the staff directory, and send me an email. I look forward to hearing from you. For the SSI Live podcast series, I'm John Denny. Thanks for listening.